0: Welcome back to another episode of All Things Red. Um, today's episode, I'm very excited about. Oh, it's a long time coming. I have Marie Rochelle. She is a consultant, speaker, and business coach. And her passion is freelancing and building business communities. Marie, how are we doing?
1: Hi, it's great to have. Oh, great to be here. Great to have me. That too, I guess. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, great. Great to be here with you. Uh, it's been a long day. I've had a few calls before this and. Lots of energy, but very, very good stuff. So I'm hyped. Thank you. Yes.
0: And I just want to say thank you for doing this. It means a lot just because I know how busy you are. We uh, we originally were scheduled for 10 and you were just like, I got so many things going on. I'm like, no problem. We'll just kick it to later. So, so many um, things, I, aka could, sleep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, hey, I mean, as busy as you are, like you need your sleep. So, um, you know, getting right into it, I got, we got connected because uh, Mike, now that I know his first name. We got it, we them. got it. <laughs> uh, Mike Dudek, who does uh, Dining with Dudek, and now he's doing Viral Social Edge with Alan um, and Desmond. He reached out to me and he said, hey, you got to have this girl on. I think she'd be a great um, for your for your podcast and what you're trying to do with it. So I reached out to you, we connected, we uh, had a couple conversations prior to, um, and we both mutually thought this would be good to have you on here. So yeah. you... Um, you know, I'll let you describe it. So what exactly do you do?
1: I love that question and hate that question all the same, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah. And the answer
1: is uh, a typical answer from an entrepreneur probably is I do a lot of things, um, but I am mission driven. So as you said, you know, I'm, I'm very, very passionate about the freelance small business community and really just making a change. Um, And not to overhype the word, but, you know, being authentic. And I came up with something earlier today. It's, uh, no fluff, just stuff when it comes to running your business, because ultimately that's that's what we all, you know, we have, whether you work for yourself or have something bigger. Um, but, but you're right. I, I am a consultant. So I work with independent small businesses, freelancers on um, strategy, uh, marketing, consulting, um, PR most recently, which has been really fun for me. I've been doing that uh, for myself for about three, four years now. Um, but now I just started offering that. Uh, after a decade of work, still adding different kinds of jobs to what I do. Um, but on, on an aside from that, of course, speaking in the freelance space, coaching for freelance business owners, which I love. It's so much fun. Um, but then also with that, uh, opening Convergence working which is in Hamburg. Um, work in progress. You know, last year has been tough and being self-funded. It's not the easiest to open, uh, you know, a three-part building with a patio on the lake, on Lake Erie. Uh, but mm-hmm. it's it's all moving, it's all growing, and I know that um, there's some other news that I want to be sharing soon as far as um, and potentially another business venture. So my brain's just always working in that sense. And the goal is, you know, being millennials, being young as we are, uh, is to to work smarter, not harder. And it's a lot of work now. It's very exhausting, especially having two kids. It's extremely exhausting. Uh, but I know that it'll be worth it. So I hope that today with this podcast and launching that, that if people have those kinds of goals, they seem overreaching, maybe to their friends and family, that they're not alone and that they have people like us to to listen to. So,
0: Absolutely. And there's a couple of things that I want to unpack in everything you just said. But first, <laughs> the you said authenticity. So uh, you said not to overhype it. So I'm just asking you this because this just popped up and I hope I'm not throwing it uh, Something at you that you weren't prepared for when I hear authenticity and I think about business as a whole and I think about entrepreneurship or uh, like people like whether it's Dave Portnoy at Barstool or it's Gary V or um someone else the word authenticity to me doesn't mean the same as professionalism and um I'd like to get your opinion on that because authenticity to me means like figuring out one who you are and two being able to use who you are to market your business in a way that can get people to connect and want to work with you. Whereas professionalism, in my point of view, at least, that's why I'm saying my point of view, because I don't, I'm not saying it as it's like a universal statement. Um, it's kind of like a, in my opinion, a bullshit PR version, because it's just like, what is professionalism? Because you get people like, Dave Portnoy, who is on Instagram smoking weed, doesn't really care or says outlandish things. And kind of like Gary Vee, he's always swearing and he's just like, I'm not professional. I'm me. So Mm
1: -hmm.
0: from your opinion, what is the difference between the two? And how do you think, do you think that the day and age that we're living in being more authentic to who you are personally, like a Portnoy, um, like, uh, Erica Nardini, who's the CEO of Barstool, um, Gary mm-hmm. Vee and guys like that help you in the long run of business or like, what's your opinion on all that?
1: So I don't want to speak to anyone specifically because we're all entitled to our opinions on how we feel about, um, what is it? Uh, leaders in different spaces. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as the word authenticity, yeah, it's a great word, right? We all want to be authentic. We want to be authentically and unapologetically ourselves. But how many times have we heard those words? So I try not to use these buzzwords anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. But you know, it comes along in slang and in networking, you sound smarter, more educated in the know when you say those words. So I use them. Yes. Uh, but I think to answer your question, as far as being professional, you can be professional and be yourself, because we are still in business. And I, I do. I swear. Sometimes I never really swear even in my real life. Um, but mm. when I do it's, it's more so in my real life. And I, I guess I do swear in business cause there's just sometimes where you're like, okay, like, you know, F this or this is garbage or whatever. And that's okay. And I think that that's real. I think what people care about more, not so much about how you present yourself is the content that you're creating and sharing with the world. Uh, like I was saying, um, Oh, no, my AirPod is dying. I'm so it's not so much being authentic or worrying about being too you to not be professional. I think it's about the content that you're creating and what you're putting out. Uh, if you want to swear, swear, you know, like I said, I don't swear that much. But if I do, it's very candid. And you can tell that I'm not like attempting to swear more or less. Like, it's just what my answer is or however I'm talking. Um, but I think my point with as far as the content that you're creating, for example, you know, being a mom, and this is the first thing that comes into my head, I don't post in my business a lot about being a mom and people are often surprised when they find out that I have two kids. Um, but I, I realized that that's a part of my story and that people like to hear that. Yes, it may not be business related. And some people may think it may not be quote unquote professional, but in my world and who my audience is, and I think that this is a, another part of this topic is knowing, like you were saying, knowing who you are, knowing who your audience is. And then catering to that. So once in a while, I'll post a post about how hard you know things are sometimes trying to raise two kids on my own and building multiple businesses and things like that. And people really engage with that, and I think yes, it's authentic. that's authentic, and people love that, and they're into it. Um, so I think and I hope that that answers your question by you also using it as, as an, an example um, in just being real about it, but like also feeling confident enough in who you are to where you're like, I swear a lot. So what if you don't want to work with me, you don't like, that's, that's how I roll, you know, and, and maybe, you know, as a respect, if you understand that someone you enjoy, you know, or someone you work with, um, doesn't enjoy that as much, and you're intentional, and you, you think about it when you're with them, then that's okay. It's not being it's not becoming not authentic. It's just being respectful to the room, right? So some people you know, like for me growing up, I never really swore around my parents or people who were my other, my friend's parents. But now that we're adults, like we do that, you know, you read the room. <laughs> and I think that's a skill that not everyone has these days. Um, so I hope that that was, that was good.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that that definitely answers it. Um, how do you what would you think? Like, uh, how do you think people could get better at reading the room? Because um i have a good sense of like what is going on um sometimes like i'm so, well i would say this i I would say 80 20 like 80 percent of the time i have a good idea of what's going on i'm very good at reading the room other times i'm just oblivious and i'm like oh okay wasn't wasn't thinking of that opinion since you you know are a coach and you consult with people how can you get better like if someone said to you hey marie like how do i get better at reading the room how do i get better with these cues like what would you say to them
1: I think it really comes down to something I learned in therapy. So to answer your question, uh, I'm actually going to plug therapy. So when I'm in a room uh, with people or anytime I'm having a conversation, I I plan to intentionally listen to everyone uh, or anyone that I'm talking to. So when they're speaking, I actually repeat their words back, uh, repeat their words in my head. Um, so I don't know if you've ever heard of that. It's called intentional listening.
0: <laughs> no, I have not.
1: Yeah. And mirroring, actually, I think might be the proper term for it. But that's, I learned that in this session, uh, because I actually have a tendency to interrupt, uh, just because I get excited, and it's my personality type. So I learned that if I listen and repeat in my head what people are saying while they're saying it, I don't have time to cloud my mind with other thoughts or my response. Um, And that helps me read rooms, read people and really just engage with them better. So I hope that that that's a good piece of advice for your audience because it's really helped me. I'm not perfect. You know, like you said, 80, 20, I'm probably really good most times, but uh, you know, if there is a networking event and a glass of wine is involved, sometimes that goes out the window because I get excited, but uh, (laughs) I do, (laughs) I do do my best. And I think kind of linking back to your professionalism thing, like drinking and networking and like going out, you know, to, for, for happy hour with professional connections. There's a lot of people who are like pro and con on that. So, Uh, that's, that's me, you know, to share with the audience that I'm not perfect either. Sometimes we'll have happy hour coaching sessions with my group coaching or my group coaching group. And um, it's, it works for us. Um, But again, it depends on who you are, uh, how your confidence is with that. And then the people you're working with in your audience. So
0: a hundred percent. And I only wanted to ask that because a couple of business mentors that I have, they always tell me like, don't don't be afraid to be yourself like everyone knows that you're above the age of 21 you're a social person you're going to be out at a bar having drinks on the weekends or even at a networking event and it's okay to like post something about that as long as you're not like blacked out like that oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. That, you don't need you don't any don't pr
1: mishaps yeah no, no <laughs> exactly
0: and he was just like that being able to manage that and do that is what gets people to want to work with you because like um, not necessarily showing that side sometimes can hurt you. Cause then people are Absolutely. just like, okay, this guy's a robot. Like does, right. he, does he just live at the office all day? Like I want to, I want to work with someone and I want to be the client of someone that if I can invite out on my boat one weekend, or I can go grab dinner with, or I can go grab a beer with and watch like a sporting event or something and have like a humanizing moment with, and not just be all, you know, hundred percent business.
1: Mm-hmm. It's it's in that sense. I learned in a networking group a while back, someone pitched, they said, and they actually asked in our intros, not to ask or not to talk about what we do, because your business card tells us what you do, your online profiles, everything. And even in the job world, you know, if you're applying for jobs and things like that, your resume and your CV or your LinkedIn, like tells people what you do. It's very clear. Uh, so for the other, the FaceTime that I get with people, whether it be virtual or in person, I want them to just know who I am as a person. I i am wholly confident in myself now and it took a long time to do that and you know for anyone who's listening who is working on that you know it's a it's definitely a step-by-step process it's something you know you step forward and step back it's not perfect but if you're working towards it I think that also helps becoming more confident in it and my point is that you can really be yourself in those scenarios because they already know what you do so they want to know who you are And how you operate as a human, you know, so when people find out, and I hate to keep coming back to this, but it's my life, when people find out I'm a mom, and they're surprised, they're like, wow, like, they have all this respect for me, or hopefully they have respect for me in a business sense. But then then they find out I have this personal life that I have to manage as well. And, you know, people will go like, well, you're the modern day superwoman, like, I've, you know, I've heard that and they're wonder woman or whatever it is. And at first, I used to be like, Oh, you know what? No, don't give me so much credit, blah, blah, blah. And now I'm like, yeah, you know what I am, but I want to also encourage others to feel the same way because it can be done. Uh, so yeah, that's my, that's my piece on that.
0: <laughs> uh, um, what, what, what jobs did you, did you, what were you doing prior to starting this?
1: Oh, I worked on a little bit of everything. Um, I think we talked about this offline, but, you know, growing up, uh, was, you know, go to college, get a job, that whole thing, kind of live in this box. And it's ironic Mm -hmm. because my parents were both entrepreneurs. So I didn't know why they, you know, they'd push me otherwise, but I was their only child and they wanted what was, you know, seemingly best. Uh, So I did do that. I went to college uh, for business and human resources, got a job in that for about four years, Um, started working my side hustle on the side with that. Um, And then I just, you know, discovered that I had a natural talent for marketing and networking, things like that. I've been doing, you know, internships and events and stuff for a while. Um, so I took a job in corporate uh, in marketing to make sure that that was something I really liked. To, before I took the leap and went full time freelance, because I knew I always wanted to be in charge of what I did. I always thought that maybe, maybe, just maybe, I'd find the right company that would do that for me. Um, but I don't think that they were that progressive at the time. Now now maybe, but I'm so far into what I do and have enough going on that I don't need that. Um, But as far as jobs, I worked in HR, I worked in marketing, I worked at small family owned companies, I worked at, you know, top 100 accounting firms, and I really enjoyed it. And they were great companies. Like I don't have, you know, any bad taste in my mouth about working in corporate. Um, You know, like I know a lot of other people have, um, just from, you know, terrible experiences, which is unfortunate. Uh, But But I had a really good experience in that world. But I just knew that I wanted more and my personality type was too big. You know, I would be finding myself working in a marketing role and then wanting to dip my toes into the other tasks my teammates were working on. And I'm like, you know, that's not fair to me. It's not fair to the company. You know, it's not fair to them. So why don't I, you know, I'm ready. Basically, I decided that I was ready and took the leap, went full time. And have been doing it ever since. That was 2019. So it's been three and a half years full time. But eight years in total.
0: When, once you figured out that you had a natural knack for marketing, did you start thinking like, okay, my parents were entrepreneurs. I keep having these ideas of like things I would do or I would do differently. Not that you were going against the company or like you said, it had a bad taste in your mouth. Mm -hmm. Um, but what what made you decide, OK, I'm going to go out on my own. I'm going to do my own thing, because I know for there's a lot of people that I've talked to that I'm that I'm friends with that have, you know, ideas or things that they want to do or they want to be their own boss. And they never really make that jump because they're scared of the unknown um, or even the biggest thing that people don't talk about is the lack of income, because, as you know, it's not like when you decide to become an entrepreneur or start your own thing, you're going to be getting money. It may take months or even Mm -hmm. a year before you start getting consistent income. So it's also in a way, a complete lifestyle change. So for you, what was that um, initial springboard to just do it?
1: So I have a lot of pieces of my life that come together and I'm not going to bog down the whole podcast with that, but I will, I will boil it down to if you can have a savings Have a savings if you have a supportive partner that's got your back and you can do it do it but for me i had neither so i did it myself and it was probably not the best way my way is not the best way okay and that's that's again why i try to coach people through another an alternative if you can have a savings or you know fallback or even if you work part-time to pay your bills like that's fine you know do that because i understand we all have bills to pay um, but you can still uh, work towards your dream, but kind of to break down super quick. And I know this is a little analytical with numbers, but say you're making, I'm just going to pull up my calculator super quick, just so I do this right. I'm not the greatest at math. You're making $40,000 a year. Cool, right? So you divide that by 52 weeks a year. You're making like $700 a week. I do wants that times four. It's like $3,000 a month. Okay. You've got to make $3,000 a month, whatever your skill set is or whatever you're trying to do. Um, I'm going to try to figure out how, you know, how much, so if you take that $3,000 basically and divide it and try to figure out how much money you need to either make hourly or per client with whatever you're doing um, or how many jobs you need to book at X amount of dollars to make what you are making salary, I promise you, it's going to be much lower than you think. When I tried to replace my income with social media clients, when I was first starting, I realized I only needed like 12 clients and I'm like, that's one client a month. I'm like I've got four clients right now and I've been doing this on the side. I'm like I'm more I'm almost halfway there. So I feel like if you do get a little analytical and I think that's you know not to plug myself but any business coach can come in handy just to help you walk help walk you through that process because if you break it down into smaller pieces it, like anything it's more easily digestible and you're like wow I can make my annual salary with 12 clients. I want 24 clients. You're going to double your salary in your first year. If you're hustling If you're freaking hustling you're gonna you're gonna blow past what you were making and you're gonna be like why didn't I do this sooner and I know you didn't ask me this question but when people do ask me what's the one thing you would say to entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs and I say just do it and do it now because I know that if I did it as unprepared as I did uh, that they can if they have just a slice of more preparation than I did (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> what definitely no don't even don't even say not to plug yourself definitely plug yourself because <laughs> I think it's uh I think it's very important to have uh different coaches and a, a bevy of different coaches because it's like um you you may see something that another person may not see it like the same issue might see it different ways so that person whether they're working with you or they're working with someone else they're going to be able to get the benefit of your point of view and the other person's point of view if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yep. And when you said, okay, so like you're doing, you know, you're a consultant, speaker, business coach, you do freelancing, you're building business communities. What was the first, the first domino to fall? Like when you just, you know, bringing it all the way back um, when you first were like, okay, this is what I'm doing. I'm quitting my nine to five what was the first thing you did because we brought it up which I'll get into in a little bit about how a lot of people have good ideas but then they're like oh it actually takes a lot of work to build it and then i got to actually do it in a strategic way i have no clue how to fucking do that so maybe this <laughs> just isn't for me
1: yeah um well that's what i work on with my clients for sure um i had my niche down because they came to me it was i'm you know very blessed in that sense um, I was working in social media and content creation, email marketing for real estate agents. Um, I was living in Naples, Florida at the time. I spent about four years of my life there, and so nice. As as you know, they have a very high end real estate, um, you know, real estate market. Uh, yes. So I did very well there with that, and um, I started with that initially. Then we moved. I moved back home, and kept doing social media, and was like, hmm, should I do this just for agents? Should I do it for small businesses? And as I started networking, my niche became and still is independent and small businesses, like I said in the beginning. Um, and that's that's where I took the leap. But then as you realize, as we get older, everything I've done in my life led into who I am and what opportunities are being presented to me now. Uh, when I was 19, my internship for college, I hosted a fashion show, it was a fundraising fashion show. And now I host Freelance Business Week and been doing that for three years. So that experience, among other fashion shows, randomly um, for fun. Uh, that experience in events created some a business outlet of mine, and you don't you don't always see it, right? Like they say you can't see the forest and the trees. I know that's kind of cliche, but it's so true. That uh, and you don't see your life being built and being laid out in front of you. And of course, you know, depending on your beliefs and what you believe and how you believe your life is laid out. Um, it's hard to to keep faith in that when you can't see it. But definitely know that it's it's there. Um, But you do have to set precedents and boundaries for yourself. So you don't get sucked into the wrong directions.
0: Absolutely. And um, we talked about it a little bit before we started. But um, I brought up Ryan Serhant. And for those that don't know, he's the probably the best real estate broker, the highest selling real estate broker in New York City. He's on Bravo, has his own TV shows and stuff. But he has in one of his books, he has a quote basically saying what you just said about how like you don't know what is gonna lead you to a success until you already did it. And then you look back and be like, Oh, that is what got That's me to why. this point.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. yep. So all these, every every opportunity that I've ever had, or you know, things that I do and this is something I learned forever ago, but you know, whatever you're doing, whether you're washing dishes or serving tables or anything like that, like be your best at that job because you never know what it's going to be like. And I think too, also going back to your point on professionalism, always just putting your best foot forward and being like a bigger person. And you know, say you don't enjoy a particular relationship, whether it be personal or professional, or you know, a certain job, or like for example, I I waited tables, I was the nicest person to everyone that came in there, whether they were nice to me or not. I worked retail, because people remember faces and voices. I know I do. And I know they do. And you never know, especially where we live in Buffalo that you never know what's going to come back around. So in the professional sense there, I always kind of especially as an entrepreneur, um, you know, try to keep a certain kind of, um, you know, composure to myself. But again, being authentic and who I am, I'm not like this, you know, crazy wild person or whatever, uh, naturally, but I, I am intentional about that. And I know, you know, I am a certain person and I want to be looked up to. So I want to be authentically me, but I also want to be someone who's worthy of what I'm trying to be. Uh, And I think that it's a good way to, to guide yourself, guide yourself there for sure.
0: Yeah, no doubt. And going back to like, um, just cause I just thought about this question um, when you said, I don't know what your beliefs are and stuff like that. But when you originally had decided to do what you were doing, I'm sure that you probably have friends and stuff like that. that were like, what are you doing? Like you're, why are you doing this? That's dumb. You're leaving a guaranteed salary, stuff like that. What is your thought on? Cause I have a theory. Like, I think that the reason some of us struggle with the whole notion of believing in the unknown and having faith. And like you were saying, like just jumping in and diving in head first um, and learning as you go. My theory behind that is when we're kids, we, it goes pre-K kindergarten, first grade and so on. And then we always are, we always are put on and know what the next stage or the next thing in life is, whether that's another grade or okay, now you're going to high school by your junior year, you're gonna to have to start applying for college. College, and then after it's college, it's always a so it's rat like, race. It's the rat yes. race, man. Yeah, so it's like you always have, like you always have that next thing to look forward to and prepare yourself for. So you're not like, oh my god, what is going on? And then when you do graduate college, again, I heard Ryan Serhant say this. Um, he, I believe he said, and I'm, and I'm not trying to quote because if he listens to this, I don't want him being like you misspoke about what I said. But I believe he said that his when he issue listens would, to this. <laughs> yes, when he listens to it, um, and he's going to come on the show one time, I'm calling it now, um, he was saying how his biggest issue with schools is that they, you know, after you graduate, they just plop you in the middle of the city, and they're like, okay, go make money, and for a lot of people, they don't they don't know how to make money themselves, they don't know how to market themselves, they don't know how to build something for themselves, so they rely on, um, like, a nine-to-five or secure income, which is not bad, because it. it a lot of people do that and create great lives for themselves. But the people that have these ideas of doing more and wanting more, they don't know how to act on it because school in a way is never either one taught you about it, or they may not know anyone that has successfully done it. So they don't have necessarily like a blueprint to go off of, or someone to reach out to. That's like, to be like, Hey, how did you do this? I have this idea. Can you help me with it? So so, I what do you think about that? Because I feel as though a lot of people get hung up on that and then never ma- actually make the jump because of some of those reasons I just mentioned.
1: I hate to keep going back to this, but that's why coaches exist because hopefully enough now, you know, and this goes in a lot of different directions. I'll try to keep it in one. Um, you know as us, paving ways in different ways so we can lead other people through it. Having coaches and mentors and surrounding yourself with a group of people who do get it. Uh, can be challenging, but it's definitely required. Like, we need that. And uh, school systems, don't get me started there because I have children. <laughs> mm-hmm, but, yep. um, but I do, I believe wholeheartedly in the paraphrasing of what you said. Um, that, and I've spoken in Junior Achievement about this, actually. I speak in some entrepreneurial classes for them. And I say to the seniors and juniors that are in free period that hate school and don't like the system, and I hope that this is uh, a nice way to wrap this up. I, this section at least, um, I tell them do school, you know, be a good kid, do your work, like stay, you know, in line, do the thing that you've got to do because we've got to do it. Much like if you have to have a nine to five to pay your bills and your rent and stuff, fine. If you've got to do that. But if you have an aspiration to do more, just keep that in mind and don't lose sight of it while you're while you're in the weeds of the other thing that you need to do. Like life happens, you have to do things sometimes. Um, but mm-hmm. if you're really passionate and want to build something, keep it there. Um, and I always tell them, you know, like I said, be good in school, do your thing, but know that that's not what the real world is like, you know, and when you do get into the real world and say, you want to go to college, like I love college and I love, I love having something that's my own and no one can take from me. And My degree, you know, looking back has taught me so much and maybe yes, I could have been exactly where I am today without it, but I'm still grateful for it. So there are many many adjustments that could be made in the education system today. I <laughs> uh, would love to talk about that with anyone in public policy uh, but I know that that's a huge feat and we definitely can't do that alone or even with a small group of people like that's a huge huge movement um, but working within the world that is presented to us we, we can make those changes um, individually and with our communities and I think that that's what I I know that that's what I'm passionate about and Kind of push forward so anything that i feel is beneficial to my community i will stand by it firmly on my own and then encourage others to stand by it and then just today on my coaching call i was listening to one of my clients say you know she had to say no to an opportunity because it didn't it didn't pay her rate which was fair and i'm so proud of her for that but then she also encouraged this person who was looking for someone to work with her to raise her own rates Um, And even though it could have been misconstrued, um, I'm still proud of her for saying that because that means that my message that we are of value and the the overlying message there is value-based pricing and earning your worth um, that my message has gone through her and now it's reaching other people. And as I go through this path, I hope that I can continue to do that with many, many messages.
0: Absolutely. And where did you first, like, like you said that that's your passion. Where did you first come up with and, the idea of whole, like, I can make a business out of this. Like, did you see someone already doing it? Did you consult with people? Or are you just like, I know enough to, from, you know, past experiences, work experiences, and I'm good with social media that I can some way, shape or form, turn this into a business or like, where, what, what, what was that like whole thought process of, about?
1: A cool nugget of advice for anyone in consulting, business ownership, um, even, you know, whether it's con- like, um. Uh, a service that you're providing or a product um something that i've always used to get me by when i felt when the imposter syndrome is coming upon me which i'm sure you know and it's a huge topic in the entrepreneurial space um is that you only need to know a little bit more than your clients do and that i don't want to belittle that or belittle our clients or potential clients but that's not so what you're saying true you just need to know a little bit more and but that also, it stems to this education, investing in yourself and making sure that your cup is full before you serve others. And so I've always done that. You know, in social media, I've always had a leg up. You know, the real estate agents I was working with at the time, they knew nothing. So anything that I knew was higher. And then I took that though and said, okay, what else can I learn? And then from the time I was 21, 22, 22, I wanna say, and just dipping my toes into the side hustle game, I just started learning. I started subscribing to newsletters. Podcasts weren't as popular then, so subscribing to newsletters, connecting with Facebook groups when before they were a big thing, and reading these forums and you know, shoot, even Reddit, like anywhere. Um, just learning as much as possible. I do have time blocking set aside for education and investment in my own in my own worth. So much like any podcast, honestly, I learn on podcasts. I learn from you about Ryan Serhant today, so I can go into another conversation with that. And, and it just, it, it's authentic and it, but it also gives you this, um, appearance that you are highly educated in this space. And, and it's, it's an appearance and it's true. Um, but just constantly learning. And if you're constantly learning more than the other guy or a girl or human, um, you're gonna, you're gonna be successful. You just need to stay confident in that. And that's a huge thing. Confidence, right? Like I know you and I go on forever about just building a business and a foundation that you're confident in enough to pitch it for
0: sales. A hundred percent. And he actually has, um, I'm going to have to read
1: this stuff. You're going to have to send me some of this. Okay.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. I'll definitely send you a lot of his stuff. Um, and then he also has, he has, um, what was it? He has two books, uh, sell it like Hand and then big money, big money energy, which that was, um, that sounds good. Yeah and he basically was just these are all things that like he kind of had to teach himself cuz he didn't really have anyone he had to learn you know as he went um so that. now that like he's super successful he you know he has like a, a sales course for real estate agents and then he has he big paved money the energy. Way. he did yeah And he talks about like in the book, which I don't want to, you know, make the whole podcast about, but he was basically saying that the whole thing behind big money energy is that he got casted for a million dollar listing on Bravo and he really didn't have any business at the time. And so he was just like, okay, what would a a top agent be doing? Right. And so he kind of like changed that
1: for himself. I love that.
0: Yes. And he kind of like changed I don't want to ruin the book for you, but he kind of changed his energy around like okay, I moved to New York City, I don't know anyone, I have a pair of cowboy boots and, and a pair of khakis, I don't even own a suit, but I'm trying to sell real <laughs> estate. Him. And so he was more so of just like, okay, what would these top people be doing? How would they be carrying themselves? And he basically just every single day went at it. And now he's the biggest realtor yeah. in New York City, which how many people are in New York City is like really fucking yeah. mind blowing to think about. Absolutely. Um, but with you now, did you have your kids prior to doing the business or did you have them once you already jumped into the business?
1: So actually to touch on a point about Ryan real quick, and then we can, you know, we really got to send him this one because you know, oh, yeah, this no, is great already, promo. <laughs> I'm,
0: I'm, hitting them, I'm hitting them on all angles with this. It's been yeah.
1: interesting because I used to watch Million Dollar Listing, just love the attitude, you know, and when you're like, oh, I don't want to ruin the book. I'm like, you're not going to ruin the book because and, uh, back to with this education, I love learning from other industries, even though I don't do social media anymore. Well, I do, I, you know, I say that, but even though I'm not as involved in social media as I used to, um, I still love to learn. But just moving into business, I love to learn how all businesses work. You know, yes, I primarily worked in real estate social, but then I started working with other industries, and I learned so much. And when I offered that knowledge of different industries, kind of cross crossing paths, uh, my clients were blown away. So kind of back to that point of education and you learn from everything. It's incredibly true. Um, and as far as my current businesses, you know, what I learn in coworking, what I learn, you know, at convergence and what I learned with freelance business week, I have implemented in my consulting and I implement that in my coaching. And I know I said, you know, to be mission driven earlier and other very you know, famous influencers and thought leaders say this lead by mission and you'll never run out of things to do. Because you can always fulfill that mission in many different types of jobs um, and in many types of businesses, um, especially if you have an entrepreneurial mindset and you're coming up with new ideas in different spaces. Um, I love, you know, reading things that maybe I wouldn't read usually, but then you pull something out of that. So there's, there's definitely value in the eye of like, they say the beholder typically, but just whoever the person is, your perception of someone's work is always going to be different than someone else's. So mm-hmm. I encourage people to get out of their comfort zones, you know, personal trainers, maybe there's something that they can learn from. Oh, let's see something like a, a restaurant owner. You never know, you, you don't, you really don't ever know. I just picked two completely opposite things, both to deal with food, um, <laughs> only saying that because I need a trainer because I love food. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think, I think that that's, that's very valuable. So thank you for talking about that. Um, but to ask, answer your question about the kids, um i have to think about it i think i had my first so i had my son before i started my side hustle because again that kind of fell in my lap uh and and grew into many many things um i'm just getting my other airpod in Um, but i got it (laughs) i'm making this work i promise
0: so you're good i love it um
1: so i had my son still working full-time and that at that stage in my life, I was good with that, uh, and then started going and I I guess like having kids really had nothing to do with the whole venture, but I will say they've helped me push myself further than I thought I would. And any mother, any parent will always say this, that their kids push them, whether they're working in a job or, you know, stay at home or an entrepreneur, your kids always make you the best version of yourself, even though they are exhausting. Um, they still, they, they push me because, you know, I was telling you earlier, I lost a really big contract uh, recently and I have bills to pay. It's not just me, you know. I'm not you know, expense free and I needed to make it work. So I honed into what I do. I'm like, all right, what can I offer to make some money? And sometimes you gotta do that. And along with taking all of that money that you're making usually and investing it back into businesses, um, you know, people usually have this facade of you. They think you're doing great and you've got all these things and you're rolling in it. And it's like, no, if you're an entrepreneur and you're doing it right, all your money is tied up. (laughs) So yeah, I mean, maybe not all of it. And maybe maybe not in 10 years, but at least for the 29 year old me, my money is tied up because I already have plans for what I'm earning. You know, Mm -hmm. so I don't know if that's where you're going with that question. But
0: (laughs) no, 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 no. I I was just curious, because um, like me, like my mom had me when she was 17. And she raised me completely on her own. And I, I don't even I can't even comprehend all the shit that she's been able to pull off and do. Um, but I only ask because, you know, like you said earlier that some people look at you as like superwoman and they're like, mm-hmm. How the hell do you how the hell do you do everything that you do? Does having having kids and obviously wanting to be for to be there for them and to provide for them, does that make your intention and your focus even more enhanced? Or was is it just something that you've always had? Like and basically what I'm asking is like once you had kids, did your focus and intensity for you know, your what you're trying to accomplish become even more, or was it already that way from day one?
1: I definitely know that it was always there. I mean, I've always been that way in sports and in school and college, things like that. You know, I was the college student that said, you know, I'm going to get a four-year degree in three and I did it. I wanted my MBA before I was 25, but I fell into freelance. So I was like, I don't really need that, but I still want, uh, you know, and this is a a 10 year off aspiration, but I still actually want to go back to school either for an MBA or even maybe go to law school and and fight for these things that I'm so passionate about, but like on a real side. So that's, that's another topic, but they added to it. They add to it as much as they take from it, not take in a bad way, but you know, my energy is obviously only so far spread Mm -hmm. and you know, some days are better than others. Some days I'm exhausted, you know, and my clients understand that. And I think that with the authenticity part of it, like that's that's the real life. That's everyone here, you know, does that. I'm not over here saying have kids or don't have kids, but whatever your life does unfold for you will, if you have the right mindset, like we were saying, being good and true to yourself, it will bring what's meant. Um, and then just kind of like hating to be so uh, like, uh, you know what the word is, um, it's just so overflowingly positive. Um, if you can take everything in your life and kind of spin it to how it's serving you or will serve you, I think it it really helps with your mindset and keeping you positive. Cause there's been many times in my life where I could have totally been like, yeah, this is enough for me to shut down. I'm just going to go get a job and, you know, be like mediocre and feel okay. Or I can take this and use this to push forward and not so much with my kids, but anytime with, with work or even the pandemic, I, use those things to turn it into something else you know my social media business with the small small businesses last year uh you know a lot of them didn't have the extra funds so i lost a lot of business there and i said okay what do i have and what can i do in order to survive this and i you know i got i did get a contract that one that ended uh, to pay my bills but then i said i have this huge skill set as a freelancer i can coach others so i started coaching you know a little over a year ago and that was a new business venture and you know, I've always had the, or I've had the co-working space opportunity for the last couple of years. But again, that came from um, organizing freelance business week and getting opportunities with that. And freelance business week, we don't get paid to do that. So I clearly did that out of, you know, the excitement and passion out of my own heart. But when you pour into things that you're passionate about, things like other opportunities that allow you to grow come from it. I know that that was kind of long-winded and all over, but everything that I've done in my life, including having my kids has brought me to where I am and given me the, I don't even know what it is, the energy, the grit, the <laughs> the tenacity to, to just get it done because you really don't have a choice. And when people talk about imposter syndrome, I often tell them, you know, I get it. Everyone suffers from, you know, imposter syndrome once in a while. But when I realized that I could defeat it was when I realized if i didn't if I wasn't successful and if I didn't believe that I was this person that these people are saying I am that I would fail and at that point I'm like I reject failure so I'm just going to be this person and stop declining you know any compliments or respects that have been given to me I'm going to embrace them and be better and it's it's really worked out and you know today is a really great day I'm all hyped today I told you that you know I'm hyped
0: but no yeah I have uh, I
1: have days I have my days too everybody does
0: Yeah, I enjoy, I enjoy talking to you because it's like, and I'm not, I'm not saying this in a bad way, but it's just like, um, after the first time I got off the phone with you, I was like, I hung up and I was like, holy shit. Like I thought I had high energy. (laughs) Good Lord. Um, but that, but that's a good thing, though. I think that's a good thing. I think that um, it kind of gets downplayed today of uh, people being like, "Why are you so happy? Why are you so positive? Why, you know, why, why, why high energy?" It's just like, well, why not? Like and sometimes you, know you can't,
1: like, you can't make it if you don't. There was a really funny reel I saw earlier. I try not to invest too much time on reels, but when I want to melt my brain for a minute, and there was one with <laughs> Rihanna. It was with it was with Rihanna, and they said, "What do you do on days where you don't feel, you know, as confident and all these other things?" She goes pretend and she said well what else am I gonna do cry she's like oh then I'm gonna wake up the next day with with puffy eyes and whatever she's like it's not worth it and I was like you know what I've loved you since I was in eighth grade I like that
0: (laughs) yeah I I do love Rihanna I don't know if she'll listen to this but I was like Rihanna if
1: you hear me Love it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, one thing that you did say before you kind of went on was you really had to learn how to focus your energy with, you know, having the kids and building the business. And I know we talked about this a little bit off, off before we started recording, but what have you learned about the power? Well, you said the power of, but learning how to say no and being okay with it. If you can expand on that
1: yeah,, uh, it's so funny. I just spent an entire hour talking about this. Um <laughs> uh, saying no. Um, well, one overlying message with this that I've learned, I don't remember if it was a book or human, but it was every time you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else, which seems pretty straightforward. Um, but it really put things in perspective for me because oftentimes, um, going back to talking about money, you're like, I need to make money. I want to make money. I got to pay my bills. And you're saying yes to pretty much anything that comes your way so you can do that. But when you're saying yes to those things, you're also saying no to the opportunities that are there for you that perfectly align with what you do and maybe perfectly align with your pricing and your values. Uh, So I just ask people to take a step back and, you know, be very open to new opportunities. I never close things off because, you know, if you're so, if you're zoned in on a, you know, $5,000 job, maybe you're missing the $20,000 job or opportunity or whatever it is. You know, you're so zoned in on opening a store in one city. Maybe you're missing out on an opportunity to open stores in three cities. So just focusing or, or like the power of saying no in the sense that if it's not a perfect fit, something else will come your way. I wholeheartedly believe in that. And every time I've been down like as low as I feel like I can feel, something comes in because I've left that space. To lift me back up again. So
0: I love it. And, (laughs) and, you know, kind of going back um, off of that, kind of going back to, you know, what you do, what are some unknown struggles of being your own boss? Because I'm sure everyone looks at it like, oh, you're the boss. It must be easy. But um, I had a friend on, Mike Convery, who I went to college with. His dad is his own boss. And he said, from seeing everything his dad has done, that's made him realize, I don't want that. I want to be able to collect a check every week. I want to be able to have my weekends off. I want to be able to take my vacations every year, which again, nine to five is not bad. But no, I mean, if you can get
1: that and you have an employer mm -hmm. that's going to give you the world and make you feel like you own your work and stuff, I say like, shoot, we live in a weird day and age, go for it, but don't give up on your dream if you want to do it on the side. Like,
0: mm -hmm, absolutely. So for, for you, what are, or at least from things that you've coached people on as well? So, you know, from your clients and yourself, what for anyone listening that, you know, is thinking about doing their own thing or does have an entrepreneurial spirit, what are some unknown, unknown struggles um, of being your own boss?
1: You're going to lose a lot of friends and family. <laughs> not lose, I don't mean it like that. That was very dramatic, but it's true. Um, you're going to lose a lot of um, connections. And, it, and I mean this not like, oh, they're gone forever. I mean it in the sense of what we've talked about, understanding, a sense of understanding. Um, mm-hmm. And I have found a way to plug this into almost every interview I'm in. I have this, and I I can't take full credit for it, but there's like this elevator in life, right? So you have an elevator. It's in a building. This mm-hmm. elevator, it goes up. You know, when you're up, it goes down sometimes if you have to take a step back. But most of the time it's going up and you're rising and You know, sometimes the people that are on that elevator with you, maybe your closest friends and family, sometimes they have to get off or sometimes they get off on their own. Sometimes you have to let them out, Um, but it doesn't mean that they're not in the building. And I love to use that because they're still in your life. They're still very important to you, but the people who are on that elevator, you want to be on the elevator with the people who are going to rise with you. Um, And I I know a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with that and it's very heartbreaking sometimes, Um, but just being honest with yourself, um, and being kind, of course, to to mm-hmm. others. Um, but just, I think picturing that elevator, at least for me personally, helps because I've got a lot of people who will come in and they'll rise a few floors with me, and then they'll get off for whatever reason, and then other but other people will get on. It's just like a real elevator. It's very cool. Um, I'm like I always get excited about it. Um, but that was I would want to say that that's really my biggest thing is that there's going to be people who come and go. And not to be too hard on yourself about losing, you know, relationships or having them fall back a little further. Like that's okay. Just, you know, especially now, just be intentional about reaching out. Be intentional about who you spend your time with, though, too. Um, so there's definitely that. Um, mental health. I know that that's like a huge thing, right? So I've said this many times: filling your cup first. Like even with my kids. You know, for many years, uh, my son is eight. My daughter is four for many years, it was always serving them first. It was, oh my gosh, they, them, them, them. And I realized in just the last couple of years, no, me, me, like my kids can't be who, you know, they deserve to be if I'm not who I need to be for myself. So I serve myself first. I make myself happy and whole. And, you know, I take baths. I go out with my friends. I take whole days uh, to rest. I sleep in Um, you know, as you know, um, (laughs) and and I'm a better person. You get a better interviewee. My clients get a better coach. Uh, my business partners get better. You know, my, my boyfriend has a better partner. Like everything stems from me serving me first. So I I don't want to go on forever about this, but those are the two things being okay with relationships fluctuating and then taking care of yourself because you cannot show up for your business. Uh, if you're not wholehearted and you know, I know sometimes like life happens, you got to suck it up, do what you got to do, but do your best to serve yourself first. And I don't mean go get your nails done, get your hair done, like whatever. I mean, sleep, eat well, plan your meals, say no to events or, you know, get togethers if you don't feel up to it um, and just be more intentional. And I think that you'll, you'll feel better as a person. And then that'll just translate to everything else.
0: I love that. And yeah. I especially the elevate the building scenario, because that's, that's, I, I think that's powerful. The, Thank you. Be, because it's, I, I never thought about it like that. Because I was actually just um one of my buddies who works for Rachel's uh, Mediterranean and is on the corporate team and handles all their like marketing and stuff like that. I mm-hmm. was talking to him today and I, I actually sent him a video that I saw with uh, Snoop Dogg and ASAP Rocky. And Snoop Dogg was, basically talking with asap rocky and asap Rocky's like you know how did you manage all your relationships in your life like again i'm not quoting it word for word but this is just basically what they're Mm -hmm. talking about and he was saying that like as you level up you're gonna lose you're gonna lose a lot of relationships and you're gonna lose a lot of friends and then he said that 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 um that gap that's between you guys and he he was saying this in a non-ill will way he wasn't saying like of course those people he (laughs) was just saying like generally speaking he's just like they're still in your life but the problem is is that like if, if you go back to, like, as you say, if you go back to, like, to say the first floor, when you're on the 10th floor, you're lowering your value and you're lowering yourself mm-hmm. because you rose all the way to there. So it's yeah. not your responsibility for your friends, for you to be, go where your friends are. It's their mm-hmm. responsibility to close the gap and meet you at where they are.
1: Right. It's either close the gap or just find a mutual ground. You know, you can still have a meeting on the fourth floor. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just saying. No, exactly. 100%. Yeah. So, I
0: mean, I I think. And no one's, and I'm not meaning
1: an elevator as far as like, oh, certain people are better than others. Like, I I know that you know, but I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that that's, Mm -hmm. you know, I wouldn't, I mean, I love where I grew up. I love my hometown and I go back often and I, I bounce back and I take away all the worries of work and stuff and I escape to the country. But by no means do I wanna go and build a house and live there and raise my kids there. And I'm not saying it's a bad place. It's Uh not content for me. That's not what I want for my life. But I know so many people who do that and they're so happy. They're so happy providing the life that we grew up in for their kids and I love that. And when I go home, I see them and I celebrate that with them. Um, And we're we're all entitled to our own ways. And I think that humanity as a whole needs to start respecting that way more. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yes, I agree. And total disclaimer, I don't think I'm shit. Like, I don't think I'm better than the dude that's sleeping on oh, the no. sidewalk. The, no. the, you know what I mean? So that's just Because very easily,
1: we could be those people. And, you know, oh, and but, but when we're in a position to help those people, you know, I do it. And I try. Absolutely. And all those kinds of things. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> and, um, you know, kind of going back to the, you know, transitioning from this about like the, you know, unknown things of being your own boss. And I know you talked about how, you know, this a little bit. But what is the like actual work ethic look like? Because it's a mix of obviously working smart, but also working hard. So what in, if you had someone that's like, hey, Marie, I aspire to be an entrepreneur. I aspire to do what you're doing. What does it entail? Because I only ask this question because we're, you know, kind of, Touching on it with like lacrosse, for example, I had a buddy, Ben Brooks, who he was an All-American at Mercyhurst in the Mercyhurst Division two. And I asked him, I said, you know, you were good enough to play Division one and go to a big time school. Did you want to do that? And he said, no. He goes straight up. I'm not even going to lie to you. He goes, I knew what that workload was like. I that wasn't for me. He goes, I wasn't trying to, you know, be doing lacrosse 24 seven, I wanted to go to a school where it was a good, uh, it was a good team, I had the chance to win every year. And then on top of it, I also had my free time to party and enjoy my four. So um, with that being said, you know, in sports, a lot of people don't necessarily go the D one route or the highest possible route, because they know themselves. And they're like, yeah, that's just not me. So what is the work ethic like? Because I feel as though a lot of people want to be their own boss, but kind of touching back on like what my buddy said, he's like, I saw how hard my dad wanted was working and I didn't I didn't want to do that. So I'm content doing what I'm doing and everyone is different. So um, what does what the work ethic look like for being your own boss in your opinion?
1: It's interesting because I always like to say that I was born to be an entrepreneur, but then sometimes I'm like, hmm, but was I? Did I grow into one? Did I become one? Was I an accidental entrepreneur? Because that happens. I have two opinions and I think, I think this is funny actually, um, it's kind of an oxymoron. I think everyone can be an entrepreneur, but then I also think not everyone can be an entrepreneur because everyone can, if they want to, like you were saying with your friend, you know, if they want to do it, they're going to put in the time, the effort, they're going to work with coaches and mentors to get to where they want to be. But then sometimes, if they're not ready or they're not um, willing or, you know, they're content doing what they're doing, which is totally fine. uh, And they don't want to put that in, then, then they don't need to be. And that's okay. So I I think that that makes sense. Um, Mm -hmm. Ultimately it's just like with life, you can be whatever you want to be. That's, I mean, the world is your oyster, they say, and it's so true. Um, I just, I care about people being happy and feeling fulfilled. So if they're fulfilled, I would be totally fulfilled living in a little, uh, like Oceanside uh, Cabana growing my own vegetables and not doing a lick of online work ever again, I would be incredibly fulfilled with that. So it's just on what you want.
0: <laughs> really? Mm-hmm, absolutely. Yeah, no, I only wanted to ask that because I feel as though like um, in to be your own boss and being an entrepreneur, it's a very cutthroat industry and a very cutthroat business. And there's uh, it a shouldn't lot be, of, like, it
1: shouldn't be. And there should not yeah. be any intonations that that's what it takes
0: so that's no, why I kind of course. don't agree
1: with some, some thought mm-hmm. leaders and people who are very well known. I don't always agree with their methodologies and their attitudes and their mindsets, because really all it comes down to is that we live on this earth in our bodies for X amount of time. We deserve to be happy mm-hmm. and do nothing but grow the time we we'll are be here. And sometimes we're not given the situations to do that. Um, and that's life. We get that. Uh, but that should be the goal. Um, and I've learned that from some really important people in my life. Those are not my words, but I've, learned that and I embrace it now so I hope I can help others kind of do that too
0: no absolutely I I completely agree um and now have you had any uh word have you had any travel experiences this is kind of a complete different question of transitioning but have you you know getting heading towards the end of this have you had any travel experiences that kind of like changed your perspective on how you interact with people and just like your perspective on life as a whole
1: Oh, so I wish I traveled more, but having kids so young, it kind of keeps you in one place. Um, Mm -hmm. But my experience moving from my hometown to another city, whether it be, you know, I went to Naples, and I know that you moved away as well. uh, I think getting out of your hometown, regardless where it is, is super important just to get other mindsets, meet new people. Um, I know that travel has been kind of tough in the last year or so. But the travel that I have done for any conferences, for work, I've always been intentional about them and said, okay, if I'm here for work, I'm gonna do something for me too. So, do I want to explore something that I've never seen? Do I want to, you know, try to go out and like meet other people that I, you know, don't know? And um, I think that that's something we all should do. I don't love seeing my friends and family move and go different places because I miss them, but that's very selfish and it's okay to feel that way. But I think everyone benefits from leaving where they're they've always been, uh, whether it be temporarily or permanently. Um, most times in Buffalo, though, you know, we always come back because Buffalo is one and only. Um,
0: it is. It <laughs> <but> is. <all laughs> it really is. Only. We got
1: to plug Buffalo. Um, but I think that there is a lot of value in leaving because you can always bring those experiences home. And talking about, you know, people who rise on your elevator with you, for me personally, I connect much more with people who have left and come back because they understand that there is not one town or city that's an end-all, be-all You know, so even if you live in a city like New York, and, you know, have learned so much from there, and people are in and out of New York, they kind of travel to you instead. Mm -hmm. Um, But like to get out and explore other cities, explore the country. Um, I think there's an experience and value in every, everything that you do, whether it's voluntary or not, so...
0: Absolutely. And you know, the last two things I have for you, the last two questions wrapping this up. Um, <laughs> I love this. I could do
1: this all afternoon, but I know you don't want
0: a five hour podcast. So. <laughs> uh, I mean, we could, we could do a five hour podcast. I'm just not sure how many people are listening. I've, I've had a lot of friends be like, Hey, I really like what you're doing, but um, make it 20 minutes. And I'm just like, "Um, well, <laughs> reviews are
1: 20 any. minutes. You can listen to them in 20 minute increments. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no,
0: I just like the whole, um, not nah, to, to to plug uh, joe rogan i like the whole style of like just just talking and not He's really great. having yeah. like time time constraints yeah um
1: i'm there that, with you. that
0: yeah it makes it easier and then that way you get better answers and you're not like okay i got five minutes uh, you know what i mean um But the last two questions I have for you are, one, what is the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Just like in general. It doesn't have to apply to, like, business or life or just anything. Just, like, what's the best piece of advice you've been given?
1: Hmm. I want to think about this for a second. There's so much good advice. And I've given a lot of it already, so I can't use those answers. Um, Hmm. I mean, I'd probably have to go back to one that I've already said, (laughs) and that's just serving yourself first. And like we said, with authenticity, you can't be authentic with other people. If you're not authentic with yourself, you need to be honest um, and take care of yourself. Like I said, we get one body, we get one life. Like some people are gracious enough to get two chances of life. Like that's an amazing thing and totally unique. Um, But We're only here for a certain amount of time, so you make yourself happy and everything else kinda falls into place, I think, without being too cheesy.
0: (laughs) No, no, no. And the the thing is people people hate people people will clown on cheesy, but low key they love it. That's why Drake's the biggest artist. (laughs) (laughs) Which that's my guy. No shade, no shade, Drake. No shade. Yeah, yeah, no, no, that's 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 my guy. That's my favorite of all time, so no hate. But um, but, and then the last question I have for you is if you could meet your younger self, if you could meet 18 year old Marie today, um, you could be younger, but the oldest you are is 18, what <laughs> would you tell her? What would you tell her about one, the ups and downs in life that you, you have experienced and two, what piece of advice would you give her to carry with her moving forward in life?
1: Uh, well, my biggest thing would say, stay away from credit, <laughs> like don't do that no loans no credit that would be you know it's harder but that's one thing it might not have to do with entrepreneurship but affects your life that's for sure Mm -hmm. um (laughs) um, and I'm sorry uh, I was being intentional about your question but uh, I'm I'm,
0: the last uh, the last part was what would you tell her 18 year old Marie um what piece of advice would you give her moving forward in life to carry with her
1: to be okay with the like you said like to be okay with the ups and downs be okay with not feeling like everything is perfect because i definitely did i'm a perfectionist so and then that's a good thing but being okay and giving yourself grace for things that may not feel like they're going your way because other things are coming and you know i think as a teenager or anyone you always feel like oh my god like they broke up, or not, this wasn't me, but just as a teenager in general, like they broke up with me, life is over. Like I didn't get into the college I wanted, my life is over, or I didn't make the team, those kinds of things. Um, Or I didn't get that job, you know, it's just, it's leading you in other ways. And I know that anyone who's seen success in their own way has encountered that and like rejection in general. And just to be okay with that
0: is is my answer, for sure. (laughs) That's, that's about, that's, that's all great. I mean, I think this podcast has been great. And um, that's pretty much, that's pretty much all I have.
1: Awesome. I love answering your questions. You've got great questions. So
0: I appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate it. I mean, they're just things that like I think about from time to time, because to be honest with you, we could, we could even do a complete other podcast about school and stuff like that. Because I have. I have a million different things about school. Like one, one of my buddies, I actually, it was the last episode I just uh, released my buddy, Alex, he's in the Marines. One thing that he mentioned to me that I never even thought about before was he brought up about um, like book, book reports and like books that you read in school and stuff. And he said that he, he said that you never hear like you never, at least he's never been in a class where it's like this. And I, he said it to me and I'm like, no, I've never thought about that either. Is that when you do a book report or you do a school assignment or something like that, obviously they they have a curriculum to, you know, they have, you got to get through a curriculum. So they don't really have all the time in the world to necessarily do this. But whether you're reading a book or you're doing something that involves like critical thinking or open-mindedness is that you really just get one point of view, whether it's the teachers or the author, you don't get, Say it's us two and being like, okay, well, John, what was your point of view on that? Like, what did you think the author was getting at with this? And then like, ask you and then our we could have two totally different outlooks on it. And then we have the teachers outlook and then what the teacher thinks the author's outlook was and then we can kind of like, talk about that and build off that to If that makes sense. Am I making sense? I feel like I'm. Yeah, no,
1: it makes sense. It's all good. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So like just a just a way to enhance education, because uh, I feel as though like when you're in school or in college, there is like the environment. uh, I can't even speak. The environment Mm -hmm. you're in is predominantly the thought process you have. And then once you get into the real world, you just get all different point of views and perspectives thrown at you and kind of in a way you're just like, well, shit, I don't necessarily know what I don't know in a way. And there's a
1: lot of noise too, though. And that's another word of yes. it, I think for entrepreneurs is to know, to figure out you, your mission and who you serve. And then, you know, yes, there's noise, but be selective on what you listen to um, because, you know, you could, as an, as an aspiring entrepreneur, you can go and take all the classes and courses and certifications in the world, but sometimes you learn the most just by jumping in.
0: I, yeah, I can be, I used to be one of those people that had an, how do you say analysis, paralysis where you're just thinking <laughs> too much. And so I'm just like, fuck it. I'm just, if I if I mess up, gonna use that as a learning lesson, and then I'm like, okay, I don't do that next time. So like, I kind of in a way like low key try to purposely fuck up just so I'm like, okay, is this right? Is this wrong? (laughs) As aggressive as that may sound.
1: No, love it. I love that. This is great. Thank you so much for
0: having me. I Appreciate it. Of course, I appreciate you taking out the time to do this because I know how busy you are, and especially having two two kids. We made it work.
1: Yeah,
0: absolutely. So like I said, I greatly greatly appreciate this. So thank you, and I definitely in the future would love to have you on again.
1: Oh, heck yeah. And I got, you know, I got a little list of some people that would also be high, high value contributors to this. This is awesome. Thank you so much. Awesome. You're very easy to talk to. So that's always the easiest. That's the best. Yes,
0: <laughs> you as well. So thank you.